Welcome to the Wisdom for Life podcast with David Baker. David was a former paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division and for over 30 years has been a preacher. He has written five books and is an Amazon number one best-selling author. He is the chaplain at the county jail, pastors a church, and is the father of 11 children. Yes, 11. This podcast is here to give you wisdom for your family, your marriage, your children, your finances, your health, and your life. And now, the host of Wisdom of Life podcast, David Baker. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Wisdom for Life podcast. My name is David Baker, your host. We're glad that you're here. And uh, we love to help with family, love to help with children. Uh, After a while, we're going to go to marriage and talk about that. But right now, we've been talking about children for a while. There is such a need for biblical teaching, understanding wisdom concerning children. Uh, One of the ministries that um, I help with and we have a part of our church is called Fallen in Grace. And we help people when they fall, pastors, Christians, young people. And the biggest call, the the greatest number of calls we get for any one topic right now is parents that have prodigals, parents who have children that are away from the Lord. We're putting together a a video coaching program for that. But um, it's the biggest thing that we see. And many times parents, they don't realize this or worry about it until it's too late and they already have a prodigal. They already have one that's away from the Lord. And the problems it creates in life and marriage and us and children and grandchildren and the rest of our life, people think, okay, my kid's 18, I'm done. No, they are your kid for life. And then with grandchildren, how special they can be. But Many times they're used as a tool against the parents. So it really is imperative that while our children, our children and teenagers, when we have them inside the home, that we do what we need to do be able to try to keep them to go in the way that they should go. So we just finished uh, 20 problems of children. Now we're going to go to 20 problems of teenagers. Now it's a different search, a different list, but many of them overlap because teenagers many times are our children. And so um, when it's one that I've talked about longer, I'll mention, I've already talked about this. You can go back on those if you need to, but I'll, I'll summarize at least everyone and say something about them. So these are the 20 problems of teenagers. Now, teenager in the Bible, okay? Does the Bible call them teenager? All right. That's a thing we got when you get to um, 13, 14, 15, 16. So they're teenagers. Their age is a teen. And that's how we have that. They're not called teenagers in the Bible. In the Bible, they're called a youth or a young man, a youth or a young man. Um, And that became the difference at 12. At 12 in the Jewish society, that young man became a man. That youth became a young man. That child became a man on that day. All right. They have even Jewish culture today has their bar mitzvah. Um, But at 12, and we see that in Jesus at 12, when he was in the temple and his parents lost him and they found him. What are you doing? He said, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? At 12, they would become the man and they would take on the duties in the role of business that they're going to play as usually a part of the father's business. He was a carpenter, you'll be a carpenter. Uh, He was a bricklayer, you'll be a bricklayer. He was this, you'll be that. And they're trained in that. And from 12 years old on, they become the man. And uh, as in... 100 plus years ago, they would put on the long pants. They didn't just wear the shorts, say, anymore like the little boy. They became the man that put on the long pants. And and so they would have that. And what we have done is made this big generation gap with teenagers um, and that they're different and that, oh, you have to treat them. They're children, and we need to teach them and growing up in the same way. The first one we're going to deal with is communication breakdown. Communication breakdown. What happens? The communication between parent and teenagers many times breaks down. Why is that? 
Why is that? Does it have to be that way? Okay, we have 11 children, and um, all of them have been teenagers where they are now. Um, We have, let's see, one that's 15, one that's 16, um, one that's 18, and one that just turned 20. So I I guess we just have three teenagers right now. But all of them have been. And our goal was to make sure we kept that communication between them as teenagers. What happens is, and it doesn't happen in one day, but we notice it one day, then we say, how you doing? Fine. And they don't talk. They don't open. How's school? Fine. What'd you learn? Nothing. What'd you do? Nothing. What happened? Uh, Not much. And they don't communicate anymore. How come? And what do we do? What happened? It didn't just happen one day, but we recognized it in one day. Something happened. Here's what happened. You lost their heart. You lost their heart. And they don't care to share. They're not excited to come home and tell you what happened. They're doing some things that aren't right, and they can't tell you about them. So they don't want to talk about them. How was school? Fine. What'd you learn? Not much. And there's no conversation because you don't care about them. You have lost their heart. And it's a big deal when that happens, okay? And we don't want that to happen. You don't want that to happen. So what you do every day, work to make sure that heart is still there, that communication is still there. In my child ring program, you can go to thegoodkidquiz.com. The first lesson is on how to get the heart of your child. I think it's the number one thing in child ring, and so many times we lose it. We forget it. We don't have it. We lost our heart. We don't know what happened. We don't know how to get it back. Okay, so it's a big deal. You want to make sure that you keep it. And if you realize you've lost it, you need to go back and get it. But that's when the communication breaks down. Somebody else, another group, their friends, their peers have gotten their heart and they don't care to tell you. It used to be, mom, 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 guess what happened? Dad, dad, how do you tell me what happened? And we're excited to tell that person. And now they're not. How come? Because your communication is somewhere else with someone else. Okay, really is a big deal. So um, work on that every day. If you realize you lost it, get their heart back to get that communication open where they want to talk and share and open with you. All right, peer pressure. Uh, again, we talked about that before. won't do it a lot now, but it's gigantic. Our children will be like the people they hang around. They either are now or they soon shall be like the people they hang around. Uh, It's going to happen. So you want to monitor that. You want to protect that. Um, The next we're going to talk about social media use, but you need to know their phone. They need to, you need to have access to their phone. I would encourage you not to have them have their phone at night uh, and alone and in the room and in the bathroom. Uh, There's too many things that can happen with that to be used for bad. And it messes them up. When you talk to teenagers today, if you could get them to open up and share, how many of them look at pornography? And when it started, when we gave them that phone, our kids don't get a phone until they have to have a phone, until they need a phone. Um, And pre that, they'll use one of the other kids' phones, but they're monitored and they are when they can use it, where they can use it, how they can use it, and it's checked up on. So you don't just give a kid a loaded shotgun and, hey, go play. You know, you teach them how to use that and monitor that where they have a a character resource now to know what to do with this gigantic thing that they've been given. And uh, the power of a phone to the Internet is a gigantic thing. It is worse than a loaded shotgun um, that has a hair trigger that's already set and can go off at any time. It really is. And so... 
you want to guard that, you want to watch that, just said one turn 15. Um, he had reasons why he wanted and needed to use a phone. He takes care of my farm uh, here. And there's things I need him to look up concerning the goats and the chickens and the dogs and the puppies and the rabbits that we have. I don't want to do it. He needs to do it. I want him to do it. He needs to learn. It's a great study for him to be able to do that. He wants to be a missionary. Who knows where he may be a missionary. He may have to learn to, to handle and take care of and handle livestock. So uh, we do that. And so there's a reason why I needed a phone. And so so, but here's when you can use it. Here's where you can use it, how long you can use it. Here's what you can do on it. And I check it and I've got the password and I go in, I look at history. And if you delete any history in here, then you're not allowed to have one. I want to know and see what you're looking at. So I'll ask him, Hey, what was this about? And he'll tell me what was this about? And we go through that. It really is a big deal to monitor their use and to know it. You can get covenant eyes. Uh, we're working on another one eventually that can be good and, and I think better, but you want to be able to make sure and the protections, you don't want to find out later on when they're so messed up and you don't know what to do and how to help them. You don't want to find out then, oh yeah, I've been addicted to pornography since I was 11 and and that happens, okay? So the peer pressure is going to affect them. The social media is going to be gigantic for them to be able to see. Um, my kids, when they get to a certain point, all right, here you can have a Facebook page or you can have an Instagram page, but they're monitored. I don't want, this is me personally, you can say they're not going to use that at all and that's fine, but in the world they are going to probably end up using that. So I want to teach them how to use it so they're going to use it correctly instead of getting to a point where they're not. Now, they don't have it at 12 or 13 or 14, um, but a certain time. And so, okay, my son is 15 years old, and he has a Facebook account. And the only people at 15 right now he can connect with is family. And so he, he's got brother, he's got sister in California and, and our grandchildren, his nieces and nephews, to be able to, to connect. And so he has the ability to do that only with family right now. Who else do you need to connect with? Well, my friends, no, <laughs> shame at church, you know, um, so it's just family. So to monitor that, but now we're teaching him how to use that and get used to that instead of here it is, go wherever you want to go and it won't be good. Okay. So, um, so you don't want that. Let me just give one more. And again, we've already talked about this, but school performance, school performance. Now, if these things are a big deal for children and they're a big deal for teenagers, it's, it's worth mentioning it again. Oh yeah, I need to make sure of that. School performance, academic pressures, motivation issues, um, and many times for teenagers, it's worse because they know they're preparing for their future life. All we want them to do is to work hard and do their best. That's it. Work hard and do their best. None of our kids is a road scholar. None of our kids is a genius IQ. They're all smart and they've done well and they made A's. Um, they've got one in college now. They haven't made a B yet and they work hard, but they're not, you know, brain surgeons or rocket scientists um, and things there. And I don't want them to be or need them to be. I want them to work hard. I want them to do their best. Now, my wife would not probably like me saying that. They're, they're, they're smart. They work hard. They make good grades. Okay. Um, but, but, my goal is for not is not for them to be brilliant scientists. My goal for them is to work hard and do the best that you can. That's it. And so uh, some is more natural with. Some can listen and recall. Others have to work and study. But, but you're going to work and study. You're going to get good grades. Um, but we're not going to push them to make them to do something and be something that we're not. Many times parents will push their kids to live vicariously through them. I want to be a cheerleader, never got to be, you're going to be. I wanted to be this and do this, so you're going to be. And we push our dreams and goals through them. And uh, and it's not. Um, and I think many times we hurt our kids with that. What I want my kids to do is to know God, to be saved, to walk with God, to live right, to stay clean, to stay pure, to work hard, and to do their best. 
And if I can help them to do that, then God's going to guide them in the way that they should go and they're going to be okay, all right? But it's not a performance thing. They don't have to be valedictorian. They don't have to be Mr. Best or everything. That kind of thing builds more to pride than anything. Now, you do your best. And my kid that's um, got straight A's, if they become valedictorian, great. No big deal. Um, if it is or not, that's not our goal. That's not our push. Our goal is for you to do your best and work hard. And that's it. And uh, if your child does that, they will do well, okay? And tell them that often because the pressure of the world can be big and strong in pushing them in ways that you don't want them to go, okay? Tell them often, hey, son, hey, honey, you work hard, you stay clean, you do right, um, you do your best, I'll be so pleased with you. That's a great relaxed pressure. We expect them to do your best. And if you don't, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to motivate you to do your best. If you're lazy, if you're forgetful, if you're focused on play stuff instead of doing your homework um, and doing your projects, then we're going to have a problem. Um, but if you're doing your best, that's all we want. Okay? All right. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom for Life podcast. If you have any questions for us, email us at askpastorbaker at gmail.com, and we will answer them in an upcoming podcast. The email is askpastorbaker at gmail.com.